All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, KFH, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor alongside you. We're getting close to signing day. We're sort of taking focus now. We've got players signing uh, in this early signing period, sort of, you know, throughout the next couple of weeks. I think next Wednesday is, like, the official early signing period, signing day. Tommy, I can't even keep up with it anymore. Uh, we know so many of these commitments beforehand. So, you know, the typical cast of characters up near the top, the SEC schools, all that stuff, Georgia, Alabama, whatever. Kansas State, Tommy, with this class that we've talked about for a long time, is getting into a territory we haven't seen for a long time. I'll give you the last few years signing classes. You've seen the tremendous amount of success this year. Uh, in 2020, Kansas State had the 55th, and this is according to uh, GoPowerCat.com, 247 Sports. Kansas State in 2020 had the 55th ranked signing class. In 2021, 57th. In 2022, 62nd. Okay? And we've seen the amount of success that these classes have had on the field, obviously. You go back one more year in 2019, 62nd. So clearly, as Kansas State has throughout all of its great seasons, it is overachieving uh, based on a signing class, and, and and signing class rankings are a little bit silly anyway. Evaluating high school talent is insanely difficult to do. But we can look then this year at this 23 class, which features some local flavor, right? And Avery Johnson, who's the highest-rated recruit, a top 70 player nationally, one of the top quarterback commits in the country, uh, and another four-star, Jordan Allen, and then a couple of local guys in Will Ancio of Capen and Wesley Fair, who's signing today from Collegiate. But, Tommy, you're looking at this class now as the 33rd-ranked class in the country. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a, a level of talent if they continue to develop the talent the way that they have, where – there's absolutely reason to believe that K-State is about to go on a run of sorts and have some success, right? And and we know they've had success in the transfer portal, but this is looking really good for K-State, and and I'm excited for them. Yeah, I, I want to take it with a grain of salt a little bit. Uh, having a, a top-ranked class is always good. Like, this is always a positive thing, especially when you can raise the profile of your program and you've seen consistent growth and, and you just mentioned it from year to year to year and having, you know, uh, the arrow pointing upwards as far as how you're ranking among other programs and whether they're in the SEC or another conference, that's always really good. Of course, we know that not all of these guys are going to pan out. We know that, uh, you know, not all of them are going to make the field um, or be, immediate contributors. In fact, I would guess only a handful that will be freshmen will be able to come in and make an immediate impact. But there is a long-term benefit to this. If some of these guys can develop over time and they can stay with the program, we know the advent of the transfer portal and what that does, you know, especially for, you know, underclassmen who maybe aren't getting the playing time that they want and they feel like they can go somewhere else. So I think that it's okay to, be excited about this class and especially in comparison to some of these other programs and what Chris Kleiman has done in recruiting and getting these guys to campus and getting them committed and all of that. But of course we don't have a crystal ball, so it's hard to know exactly how all of these guys will pan out. 
Well, right. It goes both ways because K-State wins despite high classes all the time, right? So exactly. now when they yep. when they have a good class, I, I, I do think, though, that there is reason to get excited when you see players that aren't as highly touted recruits develop the way that Kansas State has historically been able to develop players to then see even if it's just a star rating in high school, which again doesn't mean all that much, but there is a difference in Avery Johnson, right? And some of the recruits sure. that have come in. I mean, that's a different level athlete. And we only know that one because we see it right in front of our eyes. Um, and those kinds of players coming through, and and even if it becomes, and you could say this to some, KU has gotten it done with really good transfer classes. Um, that's where their rebuild has come from, and that that will probably continue here. But if you're, you know, if, since we're just talking about K-State here, like I just think back to all the great players from the state of Kansas that we've covered individually over the last five or six years. If if KU and K-State can get those players going to KU and K-State, it will be a tremendous advantage. Forever, you know, those players end up at Oklahoma or maybe Oklahoma State or you know, in some scenarios even further away, you're just – if they can get them all to, to to stay home, and the NIL will help do that, it's going to be good for both of those programs. And and I am excited for K-State, and, and I do hope this class works out um, because it does have so much local flavor, whether it's from our direct listening area or just the state of Kansas in general, because it's more fun that way, right? It's going to be more fun if Avery Johnson's awesome, not because he's awesome, but because he's local and awesome. Yeah. It's why yeah. Grady Dick is so much fun at Kansas yeah. right now. Why Perry Ellis was so much fun at Kansas. Right. And look at a guy. I know that he's not in our immediate listening area, but think of a guy like Jaron Canick, who was totally. an incredible high school football player in Hayes, ended up with Oklahoma and got the job done and was an immediate contributor on that Oklahoma team. Uh, would have been great to have him at Kansas State. Would have been great to have him at Kansas. Uh, Bill Snyder did a really good job a lot of years when he was the head coach of the Wildcats of recruiting in state. And you always knew that there was going to be somebody that was you know, more than likely on the offensive line or the defensive line that came from a small town in western Kansas and that that guy was a, a big contributor, typically for Bill Snyder and what he what he did. Um, there has been a major uh, shortcoming from this Kansas program, the Jayhawks program, going back a long time, where they have been unable to recruit in state. They just haven't been able to get a lot of the top guys, or really any of the top guys. Uh, from the state of Kansas to come and play for the Jayhawks. And that's been essential, um, you know, especially now as we see the brand of football statewide growing. Uh, I mentioned it at the top of the show, just the sheer number of playmakers who are rated highly that come from Kansas right now, it's probably better than it's ever been before. And so it that makes it that much more essential for both of the, the two major in-state programs to recruit these local guys heavily. It, it is um, it is going to be fascinating. Klein will help that. 
Kleiman will help that. The success both of these teams have had this year will help that. The buzz surrounding both programs will help that. Recruiting visits will be better for local kids now. All of these things. And for K-State, you know, Avery Johnson is is the key, I think, because he's had a lot of hype around him. He's a good kid. And if his success continues, they're going to be able to build on that for sure. Kansas, probably still just a little bit away from that. Sure. Uh, they're going to get some facilities upgrades. They're going to need to keep working through the transfer portal, right? Bringing guys like Kai Thomas back. Maybe it's somebody that left but now needs a spot and maybe an opportunity. And those those possibilities exist too. But signing day a lot of the time for football for K-State and KU doesn't mean just a whole lot uh, in recent years. It does now. Their recruits are and, – and nationally, this isn't just for these two schools. This is for the whole country. NIL. Yes, we're seeing the same classes at the top. Um, and and I just I, I do think we're gonna get a much more even distribution of talent across the country with NIL. TCU has had a tremendous class really um, since it has had success this year. But you just, you know, and, and you got to go down the list a little ways to get away from the traditional powers. TCU's in there at 19 right now in class rankings. Texas Tech is in there at 23. That's a little bit unusual. Iowa is back in there. North Carolina's back in there. Um, West Virginia's in there. K-State Big 12 is actually having a nice class. But I think we're going to see, Tommy, some of this distribution trickle down that list i hope it's been my hope since the you know since nil started so uh, it's certainly we're seeing it here in kansas i think we'll see it all across the country though yeah i'm i'm less invested in the signing day right now because of the advent of the transfer portal um, i find myself paying a little bit more attention to who is potentially coming to a program that has been at another program transferring out i know kansas state uh, just landed a, a former wide receiver that played for iowa um, that he could be a nice contributor for the Wildcats squad. Um, and, and so I'm paying a little bit less attention to the signing day. And, and that's not a knock on these recruiting classes and, and the incoming freshmen. But I also know that with these teams that are working the transfer portal so well, they've got chances to get immediate high-level contributors to their programs right away, where you don't necessarily have to worry quite as much about development and maturity and growth. Some of these guys that are transferring are already there. They're plug and play, put them in your program and let them cook. Not everybody, but some of them. And so I find myself paying a little bit more attention to the transfer portal. And I wonder if that ultimately makes the, the, the signing day process a little bit less interesting overall, because it, you know, it used to be, we all know it will back in the day, somebody committed to a program, they were going to be there for several years or they weren't going to play football. Like the, the whole transfer portal thing didn't exist. And so it made who was committing to your program really, really important coming out of high school because you knew that more than likely you were going to know these guys for multiple years to come. That's not really the case anymore. Uh, and there's no doubt about it. The transfer portal will be just as important as recruiting. Um, but that is recruiting, right? You're still having to recruit those transfers in. And success lends itself to that. Kansas and Kansas State are both in great opportunities to do that because they're showing that guys have come in there and have a lot of success. You know, I, I don't know that 
I, I think there was some concern, Tommy, that when you open up the transfer portal, you'll have small school guys all jumping to try to go play at Alabama. Well, Alabama only has so many spots where you can actually go play. And I think, and I don't have any like hard evidence to this, but I think we're sort of seeing the opposite thing happen. I think we're seeing really good players from some of the bigger schools who may not have the opportunity they need. I think it's sort of trickling outward away from those schools in the transfer portal. We'll see. We're going to have a chance. Look, if the same teams are up there at the top, then none of this matters. I don't think, though, three, four, five years down the road, we're going to see that. I think we're going to diversify college football, and I think it'll be a good thing. 869-1240, the number to call. Tom and I will return on Sports Daily on a Wednesday.